Thanks for tuning in. This is the Black and Balanced podcast bringing together discoverers, healers, truth tellers, and industry disruptors for conversations highlighting the magical lives, histories, and wellness of Black people globally. I'm Christine Brooks, and on today's episode, I'm chatting with Rebecca Brashore. Rebecca encourages Black women's home wellness so their home is a place of peace, love, community, and order. She's a writer, PhD dropout, and an ambassador for the Container Store. Today, we talk through the emotional toll of clutter and how to know when it's time to hire a professional to help you sort through your junk. Rebecca prides herself in an open, honest communication style and leans into practicality when organizing systems. Take a listen. Well, my name is Rebecca Bacharun, um, and I'm the owner and founder of Organize for Love. I started Organize for Love um, as a a kind of life project, life mission. Um, Organization and home have been something that I have been working on in my life. Um, So I've been doing organizing for the past 15 years, and I've been having internal dialogues about the concept of home. And so it's something that has always been really close to my heart. Um, And so I seen a an opportunity within the professional organizing field where they weren't really talking about uh, organization issues that related to my life, but more importantly, some of the issues that they were talking about or some of the things they brought up, I didn't really relate. Um, it didn't really resonate deeply with me. And so Organize for Love came about not only from my own life, um, my own life's journey around home, but also um, looking at some of the gaps within the professional organizing field. And so thus, Organized for Love um, was born. I would love to hear about your daily cleaning routine, or maybe not even daily, just what is your cleaning routine? Yeah, it's going to please everyone to know that my kitchen looks absolutely a mess right now because I'm making dinner. (laughs) So I always love, I don't know, I think... um, Sometimes there's this idea that um, like organization equals perfection or level of perfection constantly. And so my kitchen looks crazy. But I will say something that I do in my daily cleaning routine, me and my husband, we we try to clean five to 10 minutes or five to 20 minutes every day. And that could be throughout the day. And so it's almost just like, you know, when you wash your hands every time you use the bathroom, that's Mm kind of how our system works in our home. We try to wash the dishes as soon as we're done with them, not all the time. Uh, We try to put our shoes back, you know, where they belong and hang up our coats. So, um, and so these are kind of the simple tasks that we put in place. So when it comes to like Sunday, we don't have to do like a huge cleaning, right? Right. Um, It's not, maybe we have to do a deep cleaning um, every couple weeks, um, but because we're cleaning every day, our home is pretty uh, tidy day to day. Sometimes it looks a wreck, um, like right now, because we just got a bunch of packages and I'm cooking dinner. Uh, but for the most part, uh, our daily cleaning is it's like five to 20 minutes, again, throughout the day. So that could be like in the morning, we, uh, you know, either myself or my husband will unload the dishwasher, right? And then at night, that there's that five minutes loading the dishwasher and then wiping down the counter. So the cleaning okay. is spread out throughout the day. But what it really sounds like to me is that you just employ the 
clean every clean up after yourself tactic. Absolutely. Yes. That that is the general rule. And I think sometimes sometimes that doesn't always um, that always can be applied because some days it's a lazier day and some days it's just like it's a no. Um, so I think because cleaning daily is really not it's almost now a reflex. Yeah, so it's not right. necessarily it's not something I necessarily think about. So there's already a lot of grace that I am allowed to give myself and my household and my husband because because we're cleaning because we you know since we've been living together you know my husband's a Virgo so it's just kind of like there's okay. that. <laughs> there's that piece okay. I don't you know we have a very um a cohesive like cleaning style and okay. so it that's helpful and so because we are we naturally like a clean space and we're cleaning all the time. It's, it's first nature for us when it, when the home is, when our space is not clean to our standards, there's a lot of grace where it's not like a big deal. It's just like, Oh, okay. Cause again, when, because we clean all the time, our messy is may not be messy to other. It may not even be messy really. For right. the I was it's like, thinking, Oh, <laughs> I was totally thinking that like, maybe you're like, when you're saying your kitchen's a mess, I'm like, can I see it? Like, what do you like? <laughs> like my kitchen's a mess, but that might look different. It right. might not be the same kind of mess. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I'll, so send a, you, I'll send a picture to you right now, just so you could attest to the people. And you could be like, please, oh, I, ha- I have to. Yeah, I have oh, to it's see. messy. I was like, no, it's not messy. And I'm literally sitting, I'm at my kitchen counter too. <laughs> like if I see countertop space, if I see no dishes, then I'm just like, I don't know if that's, is that messy? Um, <laughs> are you the type of person who, like, if you're, if, if friends, like, drop in on you, like, are you like, no, 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 no. Like, you can't drop in if it's not super clean in my house. Um, uh, <laughs> no, I just, I'm trying to think of, of a time where someone has just dropped in. Um, so, (laughs) okay, so we're a little bit crazy. So like, say we don't know someone's coming over and they come in like last minute, we may like pick up a couple things. Um, but it's not like super like, oh, you can't come in. That will never happen. Um, so to answer your question, no, well, I, I, I can't see myself refusing someone that feels like, yeah, no. No. Okay, that was that was like a little bit of a dramatic example. I guess I'm thinking more so like, you know, like last minute you're hanging out with friends and maybe it's just like, oh, where should we go? Oh, let's just go back to my house. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. All the time. Okay. Okay. All the but time. even if it's not like perfect, like your standard of like perfectly straightened up, you're like, yeah. it's cool. Like life happens. Yes, absolutely. Let's go back to the place. Absolutely. And there's another, there's also, there's another um, daily cleaning um, habit we've implemented is we try not to leave our home messy because I love coming home. I love coming home and ending my day. I really don't like having to clean when I come home. And I love just being welcome to a clean space. So we try to tidy up as much as we can before we leave. And so obviously, you know, sometimes that doesn't always, that's different. That looks different each day, each week, depending yeah. on the circumstances. But for the most part, 
we're, we try to like keep it tidy, like make it a point to tidy it before, when we're leaving our home. So that's, I think that's another thing too. So like, say we're out and, and we have to, and we're like trying to come back home. It's like, I feel confident, like, like, it's okay. It's, it's, it's fine. Yeah. Like I didn't leave out anything crazy. Like it's okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I love that. I love it. Um, and then just for fun, cause you mentioned your husband's a Virgo. So I'm just curious, like, what is your sign? Do you know your sun, moon rising? Yeah, so my sign, I'm a Gemini. Um, my rising is Leo, and my descendant, uh, ascendant is uh, Pisces. Mm, okay. I got a lot going on. You got a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, like I'm like, I'm like fake astrologer, but I understand a little bit. Um, okay, so cool. So for anybody, who's just curious about the personality type. I think that's cool to see. Ooh, I just got this email with the picture, the current <laughs> kitchen. Okay. You can I mean, see, like I'm cooking, you know. Yeah, yeah, this looks like <laughs> cooking. This looks like cooking in motion, not crazy. Not a crazy mess. I, if I get it, yeah, it's, it's like, oh, I'm cooking. Yeah. <laughs> Like, things yeah. are going on in a few minutes it'll be straightened out but right now this is where we are yeah cool. okay <laughs> love it love it okay um so let me get back on track um so can you kind of speak on the difference if there is one between decluttering versus organizing absolutely so organizing is the act of i'm sorry let me start with decluttering. Decluttering is the act of removing items from your space and organizing is the act of rearranging the items that are left over. And so typically with organizing, you're just, you're eliminating, you're removing, you're sorting through what you don't want. And with organizing, now you're rearranging and figuring out how do you want to place the items that are left over. So that could be by now bringing in you know, organization products like bins, you know, or baskets. So that's organizing, the difference between organizing and decluttering. Right. Okay. Love it. Perfect. Um, so can you kind of talk us through the organization process from discovery to completion? What does it really look like to work with a professional organizer? Yes. Um, for me, I have a, I actually just introduced my signature package called Expand Your Space. And mm. so I have a system. My process is we're first, we're going through different phases of one room in your home to transform it. And so first we are decluttering, you know, the first okay. phase is really deciding like, what do we need to get rid of in your space, you know, and that you typically takes the longest, you know, it's almost just like when you are doing laundry, you know, you sort out the clean clothes from the dirty clothes. So, you know, what needs to get washed. The second phase is the organization. So now, now what's left over, we've gotten rid of all the things that no longer serve you, all the things you don't want. Now we can start the part that you typically see, um, on Pinterest, on Instagram, the end result of things in containers, that's like the container store phase. Now we're going shopping and now we're figuring out like what of the items 
that we can buy that work for your space, you know? Um, and then the last piece of my package is we're of expand your space is we're decorating. And so for me, I combined mm. organization and decorating. They're not separate. They're the same. It's something yeah. that I've been doing in my home. So when I organize, I'm also thinking of how can this be functional? But for me, functional also means that it's beautiful. If I don't like to look at it, I'm not going to use it. Therefore, it's not functional. So when I'm organizing, I'm thinking about how can I beautify this space with decorative organization products or and or decor decorative products, right? And so with my service, uh, the process is broken into three different phases, the cluttering, organizing, then decorating. And so at the in the end, you'll never have to do a huge decluttering. And in the end, you have a complete space um, that's completely um, transformed. See, okay, so I have to ask because I just can't even imagine i've heard this word never used before never in in relation to not having to declutter or like organize mm-hmm. sounds crazy to me that actually sounds impossible so when you say never what do you really mean cuz like aren't you like you know you get new things or you i, I don't know you live life and what you started with may not be the same mm-hmm. as a year later. Yeah, absolutely. So do you have you ever seen the show uh tidying up with Marie Kondo on Netflix? Or her I kid? haven't I haven't seen it, but I did read the book several years ago. Okay. Have yeah. you ever went through your clothes and had like several, you know, maybe more than five or three or you know 10 garbage bags of things to donate right absolutely yeah absolutely so I've definitely had many bags of things to donate but I do have to say that since I did my like you know years ago when I first read the um the life-changing magic of tidying up I I haven't had to clean up like that since that's exactly the never. So you'll never have to do the process again. And so, of course, you know, just like if you if you go through your fridge thoroughly, right, and you take out all of the food, all the condiments you don't use, you'll never have to do that again. Of course, you'll have to throw some food out, but okay. the the level of cleaning and the level of decluttering, you'll never have to go through that. And a lot of my clients... um they have accumulated years, 10, 15, 20, 30 years of clothes, and they've never, they have clothes from, you know, their high school prom. They have clothes from when they were a little girl, you know, in their different, like, after-school programs. So when you don't go through those things, you have hours and years of stuff. And so with my service we're going through all that thoroughly and once you do that thoroughly you won't have to do that process again and so the next time you have to declutter it's going to be a few items you know it's not going to be bags and bags and bags and bags and bags so when we say never we're saying you'll never have to do this process again okay so yeah that like major large scale um declutter process it stops once you do it the first time. 
once you do it right the first time exactly the first time I don't know if I'm just a crazy person but whenever I think of organization I always go to the extreme where it's like the hoarders or like you know like something crazy like that where you're just like oh I understand why you're so nervous but our homes are such a personal thing for everyone that I think that we do carry a lot of shame around what it should look like absolutely absolutely and then you add the comparison game of other people's spaces or the highlights of what other people's spaces that we see and so that definitely adds a a whole different component to work through right true um I always think of that with like my home like when I know I'm entertaining you know we're deep cleaning and it's spick and span but like on the day-to-day basis is it the same level and of of clean of cleanliness or or not even cleanliness but mess so I think there's always a lot of different questions about what something should look like and when and I think it's important for people to you know try to measure what mess looks like based off of how much it impacts or distracts or disrupts their life if it works for you, it works for you, right? Like I, I'm not in your space, right? I can't tell you what works for you. It doesn't work for you. Now, based off of my research and my clients and the experiences I've had in so many homes, I can make assumptions, right? And I can ask you questions, but only you can really have the courage to admit to yourself how your space is actually impacting you from a day to day. You know, a lot of people, you know, say, for example, you're forgetful and you forget like your keys every day. You don't know where your keys are and say it's like, okay, well, let's create a home for your keys. Right. And so you may be resistant to that. You may be stubborn and say, no, it's fine. But every single day you your morning is stressed. You feel angst. You're late. And, and this is really because you can't find your keys. And often you maybe forget your keys. And so it's really up to you to like admit to yourself, like, is this thing actually like causing a problem? Because if you continue to tell yourself it's not causing you a problem, there's nothing that I can say. And yeah. if I can't, you know, say, then I can't do anything to help you create a new system. So it's really like up to the person to decide like, oh, this thing is actually impacting me. And I would, I would like to change it. And so it's really, I can offer, you know, different reasons of why or different ways of things that you can do differently. Um, but if you're not at a place where you can say like, oh, this is a problem. And sometimes people don't know it's not a problem, which I also um, come in and I point out different areas that are a problem that people may not have thought about. But if you're not willing to accept that it's a problem, it's that more more challenging, um, you know, to implement a solution. You know what I mean? In a practical way, if you're if you can't find your keys every day and you're scrambling to get it together, like, is this working? Right. No. Right. Yeah. Instead of it being like, oh, we, we all need to have, you know, I I don't I don't know anything about organ or, like the organizing tools or whatever or, you know, the things that you use. But we don't all need to have the same level of pristine organization. You just need to find something that works with your flow. Right, right. 
Hey, have you ever wondered why your food doesn't taste like your favorite restaurants? Well, the answer is in the quality of ingredients. That's why I've handpicked high quality herbs and spices to include in my Jamaican herbs and spices sampler box. I've curated this spice box with my favorite Jamaican flavors, including wildcrafted cinnamon leaves and a curry powder I cannot get myself to stop smelling. The spice box also includes recipe cards with historical and cultural context for each spice. This is a very special opportunity to get authentic spices from my travels, so don't miss out. To pre-order your box, go to obiawomanbotanicals.nyc slash spicebox. Now let's get back to the show. Going back to your, your clients and like their apprehensiveness about you coming to their home um, and just inviting you in their space. Mm-hmm. How does that change throughout the, the, the prod- process? Oh, I love this question. Um, you know, it's like any other relationship where people, you know, have to learn or people learn to trust um, and become more vulnerable and comfortable through experience. You know, you can, you know, depending on the person and the beginning of their relationship, depends on the the level of comfort and trust. And so a part of my job is to, you know, try to give reassurance and try to help my clients trust me by doing what I say I was going to do. So that's really the first. Um, I said, this is what we're going to do today. And then this is why we're doing it. And then, oh, look, this, I understand. So it helps, it helps me to educate my clients through the process and guide them. And that also instills trust and comfortability. When you trust someone, you're more comfortable with them. So once the layers of comfort begin to settle in, you know, my clients are able to become more vulnerable, um, which really just uh, improves the process. You know, the more information I know, the more comfortable you are, the better we work together, the quicker we move. Um, so that's kind of what it looks like. So it's like, I said, this is what I'm going to do. And then it's, it's important for me to actually like show up and do it. So, you know, they could see for themselves, like, okay, I said, this is what I do online. And I said, this is what I do on the phone. Now I have to show up and do it. And then even you see that I said, you know, with my previous clients, but now with you, I have to actually show up and do what I said I was going to do. And that helps that that's really the key. So I'm thinking a lot about how the pandemic has kind of forced us all inward, right? Right. Um, People are spending more time at home. um, And it's going to be like that for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Um, You know, so, and and especially with the fall coming in, in the winter, cold, wet months are coming in. So how do you see... Um, the way that we're spending way more time at home affecting or changing the way that we organize and decorate our homes. Mm. Well, people are definitely getting fed up. <laughs> oh my goodness. They're right? getting tired. I mean, they were tired before, but there's like a different level of tired because there's there's so many different pieces that we have to deal with, not just being in the house, but working in the house you know, cohabitating now, basically having a co-working space with your family, your partner, and your kids. 
um, really the the anxiety of the actual pandemic, um, you know, job security, um, our government. So there's so many different layers. And now the one place where you should feel safe and comfortable, you don't. And so people are getting tired. Like I'm tired and I love being in my home. And so the thought of someone not loving being there in a home, because before you were able, a lot of people were able to kind of escape the reality of the state of their home or what they want for their home or what their home isn't and what they would like. And, you know, you go to work, you spend a lot of time at work and then you're sleeping. So you really kind of don't have to face it. You can eat out. But now people are just really tired of their own stuff and, and they're, forcing they're being forced to you know kind of face it in a way that is unconventional maybe a bit unfair but that tiredness and that fatigue and that like over it is making people um kind of act and if not act think differently about their space and you know take accountability for why their how their space is the way that it looks why their space is the way that it looks and, you know, their contribution to their space and how could they, you know, like change it. So, yeah. 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 I, I really love that. Um, especially I'm a really like aesthetically driven person. Mm-hmm. So it feels really good to me for my space to look and feel and um, be organized a certain right. way. Um, and then an, of course, with the increased amount of time in our homes, it's just like, okay, so now we really have to have everything at home. Right. Now we really have to feel cozy and comfortable and like, you know, I I got a soda stream for that reason. Like, okay, instead of going outside and getting some some bubbly water, let's just make it I at love home. that. <laughs> I have to see this. Everything- <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um Honestly, it's one of these weird things where I'm like, do we really use this enough to justify the cost of it? Um, but it's also, you know, it's also like in a little better for the environment to make your own soda water. Right, right, so. right. Here we are. Here we are. I was, I want to see. <laughs> that sounds so cute. No, I love that. The little conveniences now that we have to rethink because we're in our space. I think, I think they're great. Like we're reducing, we can't go outside as much or we can but we're limited. And so now we're rethinking like, what are some of the things that I enjoy outside that I can enjoy in my home? And like technology really kind of allows us, you know, permits us to like have those conveniences in our space. So that's a blessing. That's cute. I really like that. Yeah. There's definitely a direct connection between organization and wellness. Um, Can you just speak on that a little bit? Talk about the impact of clutter and disorganization in disorganization on our brains, our bodies, our mind, body, soul, um, that all of that. Yeah. Um, we eat in these spaces. We sleep in these spaces. We community spaces, you know, we have sex here. We spend a lot of time in our homes and now more than ever. And so of course our environment impacts, you know, who we are, how we feel about ourselves, you know, if you think about stressful work environments, you know a stressful work environment because based on how quickly you want to leave the space, you know, you know a work environment that's not conducive to your health because when you're getting up in the morning, you're just like, oh my God, 
I do not want to go to this place. You know, if you go to a party or go to a networking event, as soon as you walk into the space, you immediately, you either feel up or you feel down. So our environment impacts who we are, what we do, how we think, how we feel about ourselves. And so I think our homes have just been understudied when it comes to, or not, not understudied. I think socially, we don't really think about our homes as an equally important environment that impacts our health. And so we don't really think of our home as a part of our health. We think of it as a completely separate component. And it's a place where I create food. I create love. I, um, I embody love. It's where I feel safe or don't feel safe. And so all of these things, my mind, body, and spirit is all wrapped up into this environment. And so that's, that is a direct correlation. It, it, is your, it is your health. It is your wellness. Your home is your wellness. I like that you said it's been understudied because I think that there is definitely, um, especially now, a movement of like even just energetically cleansing your home. I think that that's something that's always been in the atmosphere. But I think that um, the amount of attention that most people pay to it has been seriously lacking. And I think that there is a little bit more energy being put towards in investing in the energy that's in our yes. space or the way that we cultivate energy in absolutely. our space. Absolutely, absolutely. So what do you think, you know, speaking on emotionality, what do you think is the biggest emotional deterrent for people to get organized? I think um, being vulnerable, the feeling of... Um, the fear of being judged. And I actually did a poll on my Insta story, so I'm pulling a bit from those results. Uh, but okay. uh, a, a big fear is, is the feeling of being judged. And I think um, when you don't, when you're, you're scared to be, we're all scared to be judged and you push past it, that is, you know, that's your ability to be vulnerable. And so I think um, if you're so afraid of being judged that it prevents you from, making decisions and moving forward or doing things that benefit you. Um, yeah, it, 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 it affects your decision-making, you know? So even though you may know you need help or even though you know that um, you want to do something differently, that feeling of being judged really, really prevents you from moving forward. Because a lot of times people, people spend more time thinking about how they got to where they are or really not, like, how did I get here? How did I get here? And then not yeah. knowing how to climb out of um, a place that they're like, I don't even know how I burdened myself here. And so people could spend, you could spend years in that space alone. And then judging, you know, criticizing yourself and judging yourself. And, and we do this in other areas in our lives as well. And, and it doesn't, it, it's no different with the home. And so, you know, just feeling judged and, that's something we, we all face that. Like, that's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. Yeah. I think especially with social media being such a present aspect of our lives that you always feel like you're in somebody else's mm. kitchen or in doing somebody else's things. And yeah, if 
if you're not measuring up to whatever that looks like, um, it can be tough for people. It can be for all of us feeling the inadequacy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how often do you actually have to manage um, or work through these big emotions before, during, or after this process? With a client? With your client. Yeah, with your mm-hmm. clients, yeah. Well, definitely throughout. And I think um, it takes a, a a special listening ear of what's being said and what's not being said and feeling things out. Yeah. Because sometimes a client could be asking me questions that on the surface, the question is one thing, but really they're feeling fear, they're feeling doubt, they're feeling judgment. And so... It's really just throughout the process, I'm always having to to listen. Um, and I'm there for the client, right? Like I'm there to serve them. And so I'm always um, hyper aware of their comfort, um, hyper aware of, you know, where they are in this journey. And so most of the time there's hand-holding throughout, right? It's different hand-holding as we go through each phase. But for the most part, it's just, you know, walking the client through like the different stages of emotions and the different like the the drastic different you know differences in emotions that they feel and so and and it's really up to me to have like different exits to not only have that you know listening ear and listening heart but also you know have different ways of how do I you know reassure them um and have actual information Right. And always referring back to my system because my system is, again, something I've been doing for years. And so it's super helpful when people have something concrete. Right. It's not my opinion. You know, this is a system that I've implemented over and over again. Um, It's not just I'm not saying something just that's nice. I'm saying something that is like based off of information. Right. And so that's really, really helpful as well. And again, even reiterating that trust. Right. Like. I'm not just saying something flowery, but I'm I'm reassuring you with information that it's like, oh, okay, something that you, you know, they can grasp onto. So that, that hand holding is like throughout the process, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so in your experience, why do people have such a hard time letting go of things? Mm. Well, I think... <laughs> I think we all have a hard time letting go of things in different areas in our lives. And so some of us may have a hard time letting people go. Sometimes some some of us may have a hard time letting, you know, a job go. And mm-hmm. so when it comes to home things, it's the same thing. All the same rules apply. We are, you know, attack we don't let things go you know, for different reasons, whether it's, you know, a fear, an emotion, an idea that we have, a circumstance. Um, There's all, there's so many different reasons why we don't let things go. I think when it comes to physical items, what's unique about not, you know, the inability to let things go, things, you know, items are just, they hold their energy, their memories. And so often, you know, letting things go, like physical items in your home, really for I think some people it's it's attached to an emotion and so it's like letting this item go could feel like I'm cutting off a memory 
I'm cutting off a person or I'm detaching myself from an event because the item is representative of something that I want to keep. And so if I let go the item, does that mean I'm letting go the person, the event, the memory, the feeling? And so that is, that's a really, I think that's one of the, um, not I think, but I often see that's really the biggest um, resistance to letting like physical items go is because it's like, it's attached to something. And so that's hard to work through because you may not realize this old sweater that you're holding onto is attached to your ex-boyfriend that you really, really love, that you're no longer with, that you've, you've worked through not being with them, but letting the sweater go now says like, oh, it's really over. And yeah. so that happens a lot with things in our space. It majorly symbolizes, or it show, it brings up the sim- symbolism yes. in each item. Absolutely. Like, for the most part, I let go of things maybe too quickly. Um, and I have this tie from my granddad from like 15 years. Like I was a child when he gave it to mm. me and I have not been able to get rid of it. And I, I accept it as just like, this is something that's going to travel with me that I'm going to have forever because it is like this really rare. It's like a rare moment right. between mm-hmm. us. Um, so, yeah. And, and yeah, kind of adding on to that, what approach do you have for sentimental items? I know. Or at least I think I remember Marie Kondo saying, like, you know, you just have to get rid of things. Like, if it's not useful, then get rid of it. So do you, like, is that your approach? Or do you have some sort of way to repurpose or to do something with sentimental pieces? Yeah, no, sentimentals, you know, just like I was mentioning, like, things that are functional, things that you use. Um, and things that have a purpose in your life. And so sentimentals have a purpose, right? Like they make us feel good. They help us to remember who we are, to show us who we are. And so keeping and being able to like manage sentimentals is the bigger issue. Um, And so like, I'm a big scrapbooker. I love to scrapbook. So that means that I love photos. I love stickers. I love scrapbooks. I love all the things. And so I try to help people. I primarily help um, people who live in small spaces. So whether it's apartments or one floor homes, houses, it's really about looking at like how much does your space, how how much does your space hold? And from there being able to like work backwards, like, okay, this is how much space I have allotted. So mm-hmm. if I have items that can't hold the space, I have to now start deci- discerning you know, accumulating more or, you know, seeing what can I get rid of. But sentimentals, I think, aren't something that you should throw out. Now, if your sentimentals are disrupting your life, right, and and they're affecting you in a way where you can't move around your space, now we have to reevaluate, you know, the purpose and we have to reevaluate its function in your life. Um, Because even though it's sentimental, it is not helpful right and so that's just that's just a one way of looking at it and so um I have many different ways to organize sentimentals um you know there's there's so many different ways and so it's not just about like saying like let's throw everything away a lot of people have this fear that I'm going to come into their space and like throw out their memorabilia and I value memorabilia so much 
Um, so it's, so it's not about just throwing it out. It's just really figuring out like, how do you manage, um, how do you manage your memorabilia and your sentimentals in the space that you have, you currently have. Right. Like every single thing cannot be sentimental. Exactly. Cause that, cause that, then that becomes a crutch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, (laughs) I had, um, a habit of this is such a weird thing to say see now I'm getting the vulnerability thing right because I'm about to say something that just feels so weird to yeah. say right now but <laughs> I used to hold on to um like the cards from hotel rooms whenever I would travel with my family mm-hmm. I would like just grab one of them and just be like oh yeah from this vacation and the and this and that and like this is before I moved into my own place like this is literally when I was mm-hmm. a child but, you know, when you're growing up and you're, like, moving out and, like, going through your stuff and you're, like, why do I have 40 hotel cards? Yeah. I love. <laughs> what is this? About? I actually love that. <laughs> I love that. That is so sweet. It's so sweet. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's sweet. Thank you. Um, but it's also, like, a little bit crazy. 40 is a lot? <laughs> May, I, I don't know if it was really 40, but it was just, like, I had a spot where I just kept all of these, and it was, like, tons yeah. of them. And, like, in hindsight, I'm, like, that's so embarrassing. It's really? Strange. Why do you think – what? why do you think it's embarrassing? I think it's embarrassing because <laughs> – like, let me examine why that's embarrassing. Yeah, because I'm, like, I don't – I think that's I, – I don't think that's, like, a – I mean, to me, I'm I like, mean, oh, that's cute. I don't, I don't really see what, what is embarrassing about it. Like, that's really sweet. And I'm also thinking, like, my sister, she collected um, postcards, even though she had a very large amount. She had a lot more than 40. Um, but I thought it was, it's cute. Like, we have, you have your thing. I think, like, I right. think that's okay. Like, we have things. Like, we're human. What yeah. happens is, like, if everything is your thing, like, if every single thing is your thing, it's yes. like, okay. Now we have to figure, maybe there's something else going on. If everything's your thing. Um, I don't think right. that's, I yeah. mean, you could ask somebody. I really don't, I don't think that's the issue. I think that's, that's what happens. Like sometimes we like start criticizing and judging ourselves because we, we're thinking about like, if it's not causing like any disruption in your life, like what, it's no problem. I don't think, right. I don't think so. Like, it's not an issue, but this is just me. I don't know. No, I love that. I love that because I think that we all, and I think maybe especially in our current climate or society, we really pathologize like every single thing. And I've been telling myself lately, like, you don't have to pathologize everything. Like some things are just like what it is, you know? Yeah. yeah it's just what it is. It's just like, oh, this is my cute, weird. Yeah. Work and this Absolutely. And, and to be fair, you know, we're, not only are we looking at our homes differently, but we're talking about our homes differently. So I think it's fair. Like, it's a new topic. And so I think people are kind of like, is this, you know, it's it's fair and it's common where people are questioning some of their quirks or some of the things. And and so just like you said, everything doesn't have to be questioned and everything isn't weird. Everything isn't up for debate, right? Like, it's only up for debate if it's a problem. Like, if it's not a problem, then what? If it's working, like, what? And what's the problem? Right. And then there's the other thing is like some people, it may not be working, but they don't, they're not at a space where they can say it's not working. So that's a whole other issue. But I, I don't think, I don't think that's a big deal. I don't think that's a deal <laughs> at all. Like it's just, it's, I was like, oh, you want to keep the cards 
you know, because those were experiences with your family, which is really sweet. I don't really see anything else but that. You see it for what it is, right. And in the meantime, I'm like, so clearly I'm a hoarder. No. <laughs> I mean, if that's the case, no. I'm like, I have all of these, like, I keep, like, my husband gives me birthday cards every year. And oh I don't keep yeah. any other birthday cards but his. I know that. I'm so sorry uh-huh. for anybody who has. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> That's but like, he, no, that is so sweet. Beautiful cards. And I'm just uh-huh. like, no, I'm keeping these. And so I have one. I keep, the, I, I just absolutely love them. I, and we've been, I've known him for 12 years. So I have 12 cards. I have more than that because he gives me cards for other holidays and things like, or special days, but. You know, like, I don't think that's a big deal. I put them in scrapbooks and in my, you know, memorabilia box. I think that's fine. Like, I've thrown away my fair share of holiday cards. I will tell you that. Like, holiday cards that you get from, like, coworkers, you know, coworkers that just give a card to everyone in the office. Like, this doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Yeah. Right. No, 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 no. I mean, I think that's such a good distinction because I think it's, like, especially from my vantage point of just being like, if you keep anything that's you're not using every day, then you must be a hoarder. Mm. Um, mm. But I just, mm-hmm. and right. It's like, what is that really about? Um, but I think that that's an important distinction that there, there are some holiday cards that don't mean anything to you. So like literally examine this thing. Yeah. Is it useful to you? If it's, if it's not doing anything to you besides taking up space, then who cares about it? But if it's like your man gets you a beautiful card and a note and your daughter buys you a postcard and, you know, like certain things like that, that mean a little bit more to us. That's those are the things we want to hold. on Yeah. To. Yeah. It doesn't have to like it's deep, but it doesn't have to be that deep. Like it's deep and it's yeah. not that deep. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, for sure. Um, so, at what point in their journey do your clients come to you for help? Hmm. Um, yeah. Often, when they are ready to, when they're changing their entire life, and so okay. when they're in a space where they are, they're not just organizing their space; they're probably trying to get uh, other areas in their space, in their home, in their life. Excuse me. Um, organized. So maybe they're on a new diet plan or maybe they're um, on a spiritual journey. And so it's typically layered um, with them, like addressing, you know, working on their whole life. Yeah. Yeah. So when they're kind of like doing a major emotional appeal. Yes, absolutely. The first yeah. That makes sense. Because that, that's probably the time when you look the most around you like, okay, what's happening For sure. here? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, how, would, how would someone know when they need to hire a professional home organizer versus just kind of going through their stuff and figuring it out themselves? Mm, that's a great question. I think the first is often people try to, a good way to determine if you need to hire organizers if you keep doing the same thing or if you're doing it and it's not getting you the result that you want often that's a good sign that you don't have all of the tools um, to do what you want to be done 
Uh, a second, a good measurement also is if you're, if you have no idea where to start, like you just have absolutely no clue what to do. You've read all the things, you looked up articles and you kind of still don't know. And maybe you do know and you still are kind of like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You have an idea like, oh, I right. know I need to start in my bedroom, but I'm not. <laughs> that's a good sign. yeah like what what do I do it's in like, here there's just yeah. like a big question mark and there's a so much overwhelm he's just like I, I can't possibly know what to do or where to start and even if somebody told me I don't even know if I would want to start those are good good markers my next question brings me to trying to figure out when it's time to declutter Versus when it's time to get a storage unit for certain things. Mm, I'm anti-storage units, so I'm biased. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I feel very strongly against um, storage units. Only because clutter causes distress, angst, and it already impacts your mental health. Now you're going to pay for it? But it is ridiculous. Is that doesn't even make sense. Is not, you're going to pay is there, for your stress? I don't understand that. But if, can't you, like, uh, and I'm I'm not advocating for storage units, um, but it's something that's coming up in my home. This is like a personal question, right? It's something that's coming up in my home because we work from home. Even pre-COVID, we work from home a lot. Um, so we have, like, to, my husband is into horticulture so there's like tools and things and it seems like at a certain point it's like is it us or is it just that we need a different space for some of our work supplies so i think when when you no longer when you first move into a space you move into a space with most most for the most part empty canvas so when mm-hmm. your space can no yeah. longer fit the things that are in it that's that's things that that's what you've done while you live there so you really just have right. to question the need for all of the things that you've accumulated since you moved into your, since you've lived in your home. And we often mm-hmm. don't need all of the things that we purchase often, right? We create a need mm-hmm. for it, but often we don't need it. And so when people creep by a storage, it's really, um, for me, it's, are you going to go into that storage every day? Often you're going to store things away and never to see it again. And yeah. so that to me is um, a quick fix. That to me is temporary, but also that's a temporary fix to a bigger problem. And so often people don't, people want to just kind of put their problems away. Listen, if storage was free, maybe I think differently about it. But the fact that now you have to pay to put your, pro- to hide your problem, I just, to me, that's mm-hmm. that that's too high of a cost. You know, storage units aren't expensive. You know, and so yeah. that that's really my biggest issue. Not your pain to hide your problem. That money can go. That money, time, and energy can go. You know, towards getting someone to help you. You know, get to the root of the problem. Mm. Okay, so basically, storage units are a no no, and storage units are a very big indication that we need your help. To, that that is that is my personal opinion on storage units. A lot of people, a lot of pro organizers may say they're okay to pacify people, but that is just not. That's not my ministry. 
<laughs> you said to pacify yeah, people, like, though. <laughs> no shade. No shade to anybody with a storage unit. No, I mean, this, um, it's a thing you guys you asked. I just, it's, listen, and, and it's not a judgment. It's just more so like, you're going to pay? I want you to save money. I think it's just a, I think it's a, it's a waste of money. It's a, a lot of money going down the drain for something that, you know, we can, we can fix this. It takes a little longer to fix it than to just get a storage, but I prefer that route um, than to just throw hundreds of dollars away each month to ignore it. I get it. I hear you. Loud and clear. <laughs> I'll say this other last thing too, because, um, you know, even though we're talking about home, a lot of, you know, what I talk about is rethinking how we consume. So for me, it's about, I try to, you know, me and my husband, we try to really think triple, double about what we bring into our space. Because when you're second guessing and you're putting more thought and you're being more intentional about what you bring into your space, you're less likely to have to throw out so many things, right? And so when you're consciously shopping and you're, you know, you're, you're saying no to those free items and you have more boundaries with people giving you things, right? You're not, you don't have the same stuff issue, right? Like, and so I yeah. think that's also, that's something that we also have to rethink, like just the, the way that we consume, right? Not even just shop, just consume. And so, um, cause sometimes we just kind of like free t-shirts, like, you know, that, yeah. that's, that's a really big thing. People just take free just you know because it's free and so my whole my whole thing is like you wouldn't really need the storage right if you start to shift the amount of things you bring into your life right you you're not gonna have to store them yeah no that's that's really real um it is more about it's more of a shopping problem it's more of a consumerism problem. Yeah, yeah. And and I think yeah. that that's a whole other conversation because we consume for so many different reasons. Like there's that's a very layered conversation. Cause it's not it's not just like a it's not it's like it's like a it's that's also layered. That I can go we can go on about that. <laughs> yeah, right. Of course. Do you have any tips for people who wanna get organized and don't know where to start? And also, would you just give a couple of, maybe not storage solutions, since storage is a no-no, but just any tips you have for getting your apartment organized. I know um, you're based in Brooklyn. I am as well. And we we don't have a ton of space in these spaces. So any tips for people who are trying to live a more organized life? and don't know where to start, and then any simple organization solutions for small Absolutely. Apartments. I love these questions. So I'll start with the organization solutions. Um, use your vertical space. Go up. Um, that includes building mm-hmm. shelving, installing shelving, putting up shelving. I love a good ladder shelf. Ladder shelves are so good because they go up, but they're kind of flat, so they're not, like, too wide where they take up too much floor space. But use your wall space, right? Um, that is That, to me, is, like, the biggest. Because we don't – you're right. We don't have a lot of storage space in New York apartments. 
Right. Um, and then right. your second question. A good place to start, and this may go against a lot of traditional tips. I always say start with the the hardest thing. Because that is going to mm. give you confidence. That's going to give you momentum. Start with the hardest thing and stick with the hardest thing until you're done. And so often for a lot of people, that may be their clothes, their wardrobe, their shoes, mm-hmm. because that's been the longest, uh, that's that's the longest thing you've been accumulating. Or sometimes that could be beauty, you know, you, know, you love your skincare and and it's and it's really good to be able to discern like okay this is your thing this ver- it's like different from a stylist organizing their wardrobe versus a person who's not a stylist you know what i mean like there's different rules that apply or a beauty blogger you know organizing decluttering their beauty versus someone who doesn't necessarily do beauty like if it's your thing there's different you know there's different rules that apply you may have a little more right like i scrapbook so i yeah. have I may have more stickers than the average child. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so yeah, use the seven, but that. start in the um, start in the hardest, the hardest area, the area you don't want to start, because that's going to give you momentum um, once you're done, and everything else is going to be 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 a piece of cake. I love that the idea of like, okay, if you finish something big, mm-hmm. it feels so good finish like yeah. a big project. I mean people I used to say <laughs> start with something easy to pacify but just... <laughs> yeah <laughs> like for those yeah. who pacify Rebecca just, does I not I just, it's just not helpful I think I think what ends up happening people end up not getting the information and they end up not having to organize space so to me it's just kind of like this is not actually mm-hmm. helpful advice because your spaces ends up never getting decluttered so I'm not going to tell you that anymore. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. This is great. So I have to say that after recording this episode with Rebecca, I was so inspired to deep clean and reorganize my messy bathroom on a random Saturday um, afternoon. Um, It literally took me about five hours, but honestly, it was worth every minute because now I can navigate this space with ease. um, And it just feels so good, you know, when you're in a clean, organized space. So I just really hope that this episode has you all thinking about how to create more ease Um, and create more functionality in the spaces that you inhabit in this new year. On next week's episode, I'm speaking with Quasi, the founder of Running River Collective, which is a nonprofit that is dedicated to helping marginalized communities live centered, healthy, and sustainable lifestyles. Quasi is a spiritual wellness facilitator and just a super genuine, grounded spirit. I've had the pleasure of participating at one of his weekly public meditations and i just know you guys are just gonna feel so good and so grounded and so centered after listening to this so we'll see you next week thanks for listening